everyone, and welcome to the Saturday Boys, where every day is Saturday. Here we chat about games, music, uh, movies, sorry, <laughs> all over nice beer. Uh, my name is Nick, and today I'm joined by Anthony, hey. Brandon, Howdy. and John. Hello. What are we all drinking today, guys? Well, uh, me and Brandon actually having the same beer. It's uh, another one from uh, Rar Brewing. It's uh, another of the out of uh, order. It's one of the Home Alone themed beers. So this one, it's a lactose sour base conditioned on strawberries, blueberries, pomegranate, and cheesecake. So it their looks take like on a, a desert smoothie. Pizza. <laughs> dessert pizza, sorry. <laughs> it does. It tastes like a cheesecake. I tell you that much. It's barely mm. like the sour doesn't come through at all. It's just all sugars. It's all sugar. cream. Mm-hmm. And it was frothy as all get out when you were all Oh, yeah, we cracked it, it open and it just like started just, we didn't even it do it like straight out of beer, the fridge. Yeah. This much just, head. <laughs> a lot of head. Yep. Nice. Nick, what are you drinking? Yeah, today I'm drinking it as one you got me. So it's from uh, Drecker Brewing Co. It's the Chonk Sunday Sour. Uh, similar color to your guys' is not as like frothy, but it is a blueberry, strawberry, raspberry, and chocolate one. Went in on all the crazy smoothie like ones it, it tastes like chocolate cake with like the f- berries filling it is delicious it is 100 percent a dessert beer it says it's a sour but yeah i get none of that sourness it is like just sweetness like, it is a nice deep red i like that series too mm-hmm. the uh, the chonk they usually put like a little cat and a pentagram on there yeah mm-hmm. i saw that one. <laughs> oh john what have you got i see you switched it up this week you got yeah. rid of the jones soda after last week well i just i forgot where i put my drink actually so hold right on one here. second right here um this one right here this one it's right, it's right there oh which oh, which drink? oh my which drink are you talking about God. oh my it appears God, again. he hit me with a fucking jones i did i did are you guys ready no this is bad fortune <laughs> <laughs> uh oh your will will lead you into a very interesting situation he did yeah. last right. week that was a a strong willed this jones into you quite a a joke a yoke <laughs> yeah, that was just inappropriate last week with the Jones. That was, we're gonna have to contact our marketing and yeah, the marketing department. Oh, they're really, they're really reaching there. That stylish reach for the coaster. I like this. Yeah, see, that's well, what I'm talking about. He's hiding his real hiding the real drink. Jones. Hmm. Hmm. Brandon, what are you drinking today? Same thing. Same thing Anthony. Anthony is doing. But how would you describe it in your own words? <laughs> Like a strawberry cheesecake put mm-hmm. into a blender, and then you drink that. That's pretty much it. It's very delicious. Maybe add a little bit of like a little cream in there. Would you add some mm-hmm. caryats to it too? Some caryats. <laughs> like, uh, Blend it all together. Yeah. Yeah. So what are what are reasons you guys think the foam was so high on this one? Dude, I I honestly don't know just cracked it open and it started foaming i didn't shake it it was just sitting still in the fridge for a week or so i mean and weird enough like yours like started like freaking out like what like two seconds sooner than mine did so mine i was like oh no mine's good and suddenly it's like whoop yeah and then even like when we were pouring it it still was like just crazy it's like yeah it's weird it's the only beer i think we've ever had that's done that yeah like without us like deliberately pouring it bad and we've had other ones like in that series that well, kids, you've been drinking those series for the last couple of weeks now, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no problems till this one. There's oh. something about, yeah. I don't know if it's just like it's more carb. Well, you wouldn't think it was even more carbonated because the soda one didn't do that. 
I told him it could have been maybe like more like fruits or something in there. Mm. Maybe act. I don't know, dude. I'm not. Just <laughs> You're not a canner. Not That's a what I was thinking because like the ferment, like for, for, like I don't know what the the process, but like because it's more fermented because it's the the sugars. So like the combination of it just makes it where it's just like a monster when it gets poured. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's alive. You never heard of the using the oil on the nose thing to he make it? tried the, it. It didn't work. It didn't work? It didn't um, work. Maybe it only works for soda. Just maybe beer has beer two. Yeah. Well, it's just a little bit of nose oil. Gross Nothing. nose oil in there. It's not like you're sticking your entire nose in there to make it. Nose has been. Always do the sniff. Right here. <laughs> yeah, I know it's on your face, but I don't know where your face has been. What? All right. Where are you sticking his nose up, dude? <laughs> what? Uh, nowhere. Where you got Literally it. nowhere. Let's get on topic here. Does anybody <laughs> have any news to say this week? I've got, I've got a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start. You start. I've got to find mine. <laughs> um, let's start with this guy. 783 little bubbles in one big bubble. <laughs> That's the name of the article? No, that's the note that oh. I took on it. Okay. <laughs> the actual article is from UPI. It's called Taiwan Man Blows 783 Bubbles Inside of Larger Bubble for World Record. Ooh. There's always a world record for everything. It's from Guinness. I mean, yeah. it hmm. shows him blowing a little, a bunch of little bubbles inside of a big bubble. Hmm. Does oh. he have to use like a special soap for that or something? Did it go into any of that? Or right. just Let's says see. he blew the bubbles? The bubbles. Just the bubbles. <laughs> My just a large bubble wand. No, the, ar- the article is literally th- oh. like this. Oh, okay, yeah, it's, it's a paragraph. It's like a paragraph, and okay, it shows well. the video of him doing it. Did he use the technique? It looks like he's using the technique. Stop. Turn three times. Plant your foot. <laughs> I step on your right foot. Don't there. forget Get it. it. <laughs> <laughs> it Using like the technique. Yeah. Oh shoot. Seven hundred eighty-three times. It's the only way. <laughs> Imagine that's a workout, man. Can you imagine doing that, though? No, I wouldn't have near enough patience. But why is that like a world record? Because <laughs> everything can be a world record. Yeah, that's true. Anything like, someone's willing to do. Watching it, there's like, like the amount of jello eaten in a minute is a record with chopsticks. Stuff like right. that. There's you different know? categories, so I can take on the guy that did it with a fork and the guy that did it with chopsticks. I'd assume so. Probably, yeah. You know? Because have you ever tried to eat jello with chopsticks? No. Neither have I, but I've watched people try to do it, and it's. <laughs> I've, I can imagine how annoying Why? Be. Because it's, it's harder? It's a challenge, man. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine. That would be like fucking impossible. It's like dude. the dark souls of eating food. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta have to have thick skin. You can do it. You just have to be able to take a lot of shit, you know? You're gonna try and pick up that jello a lot. Yeah. You're gonna be frustrated. Yeah. And you're gonna look really silly doing it. Depends Which is why it's a world record. Yeah. Depends on the flavor, though, too. You're going to feel more silly doing it with grape than you would with, like, a strawberry jelly, you know? Yeah. I don't know. No, you what, know. What, what's, <laughs> what's the whole I hate on grape? Sounds yeah. sounds like you'd get yourself in a jam. All right, next watch article it, watch is... It, watch it. You better, you watch better it. check yourself before you fucking wreck yourself, brother. <laughs> yeah, what's that next article? Uh, I think John had one. Oh, oh yeah. So about jams or something? Oh, <laughs> nope. Mine's uh, interesting. It's a man oh, brewed <laughs> a man brewed tea. What? Oh, just uh, a man. What? Anthony's and Nick's last time. I just got the joke. I Sorry. just got the giggles with you, dude. I'm just so. <laughs> All right. A man brewed some. A man brewed some tea from psychedelic mushrooms and injected the concoction into his veins. 
Several days later, he ended up at the emergency department with the fungus growing inside of his own body. Bro, that's one of my articles. Did you articles. guys really not coordinate that? Are you serious? No, we didn't coordinate that. That's, earlier. that's one of my articles. That's so Shit. funny. So we're both prepared for this. We're one. both prepared. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you see he had multiple organ failure? Yep. That was wild, dude. The fungus spreading in a circulatory system? So what, it was yes. liver or what else? This is how The Last of Us happens. Pretty oh. much. <laughs> really? yeah. It's in, fungal? Yeah, cordyceps. Yeah, that's oh. why they're like mushroom zombies. Mm. I haven't played. It's pretty cool. Mm. Both right. of us haven't played. That's crazy. But wait, so it was liver failure. I'm sorry. Liver failure, what, what, what other organs failed? I think kidney and a couple yeah, others. Anything that would filter crap, like yeah, gallbladder probably. Your spleen. All that. Yeah. yeah, and he, huh. was, he was only 30 from what I read, but he uh, he injected the mushrooms, and yeah, they started to grow in his bloodstream. Oh. And he's like on a bunch of antifungal, antibacterial drugs right now. They were and, like voriconazole or fluconazole? They were studying yeah, whether, I, all right, pharmacist. <laughs> whether he'd get the uh, HPPD, which I guess is like the scientific term for like acid flashbacks. And I guess the acronym is hallucinogen induced persist persisting perception disorder. That's a lot of P's. Yeah. HPPD. <laughs> I don't even know why they'd acronym that. Just yeah. But yeah, he didn't actually, and yeah, they're, no, they're never, studying it. Yeah, he didn't get any uh, hallucinogenic effects like, at all. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, it's not like THC where it's going to be absorbed through the bloodstream. It's you're filtering it through like your liver and your stomach. You know what I mean? No, you're I don't know. I don't really know anything about mm-hmm. psychedelics. When you, when you so. smoke something, you're getting it. It's going to pass through your lungs into your bloodstream. When so why did he did just inject the tea liver. for did. funsy? Uh, no, he or... thought it was going to um, work. Get him super high. No, the sad no. thing is he was uh, self-medicating. I read he was trying to. Yeah. He was oh. trying to so, uh, work with some like psychological conditions. Yeah, he was oh. trying to solve the psychological condition. Okay. And did it as like a thing, but he's also the reason he injected it as like his form was because he's an opioid user. So he already had oh. that. He knows the understanding. It's like okay. this is a quick act, yes. acting thing. Yeah. Huh. Normally. Yeah, just not understanding like the <clears throat> science of how it would affect his body. He just thought he was gonna have like a more a quick high. Yeah. Weird. Huh. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I injected some cream cheese the other day. That was pretty wild. That's true. And you turned into a bagel for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got one. So let's see. It was a beer cave from the 1800s found under St. Louis. Hmm. There was a there. It was a cave used for storing beers in the 1800s, and it's found beneath a garden. Hmm. But I thought that was just kind of like a cool little thing since we're uh, sitting weird. here drinking we're beers, beer boys. you know. Yeah, maybe yeah. we should go do a little episode in the beer cave, you know. Right. Can cool. you imagine the audio on that? <laughs> oh god, <laughs> solid fucking nightmare, dude. <laughs> right. Shane would just quit after that. <laughs> this is like, too much. No. <laughs> There was another python removed from a yard in Florida from like a driveway. Another did, one? Did we start it yet? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think you can eat python yet. Or is that what you're talking it, about? Yeah, is it out? Is the verdict out? I don't think so. They didn't mention if they could eat it or not. <laughs> That's kind of what I was reading it for, though. If like, they could eat the python that they found? Yeah. I was wondering if there was like a follow-up, you know? Like, <laughs> hey, we found this giant python. We're going to cook it up. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> you know think of all that unused wasted meat right? it's true that's a lot of meat that's a fuck ton of meat dude it's a lot Python's of fish big fish uh it's just a, it's a meme at this oh. point so yeah it's a reptilian well <laughs> well it's from godzilla with matthew broderick 
Gojira. Uh, or that's a lot of fish when they're trying to like yeah, get him. But yeah. Yeah. So it does kind of tie in with the reptiles yeah. a little. If you twist it. Yeah. Make Matthew it Broderick Godzilla to know that's a repressed memory. Or <laughs> yeah. My final one that I had was uh, there was a police that were wrestling a loose ostrich. Ostrich. Ostrich in Missouri. 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 Yeah, Missouri. Ostrich in Missouri. <laughs> Officers from the D platoon responded when an office when an ostrich <laughs> an ostrich was spotted walking and wandering loose and through traffic. They wrangled the flightless bird named Clyde. <laughs> what was, was the feeling it was named Clyde? I don't know. It just felt right, I guess. And then oh. there's a picture of them with Clyde. That's nice. Clyde's pretty big. Clyde's actually taller than the, than the arresting officer. Yeah, he is. Is that an ostrich? That's why they had to wrangle <laughs> him. Last I heard, he's out on good parole. You know, <laughs> he did a little stint in the pen. Yeah, gosh. Clyde is out now. That's nice. The ostrich. Sounds like there was some police brutality against Clyde, though. Really? I mean, they wrangled him down to the fucking ground. Seems aggressive. a little unnecessary. I mean, for a little. A little bird like that. Maybe? Have you seen people bird? try to like ostriches? Are some they're pretty brutal. Yeah, they have some like meat to them. They're, yeah, they're muscular. Like, yeah. Like, well, can you imagine getting kicked by one? No. <laughs> you dying? <of> <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. ostrich kicks you. Everyone gets kicked by an ostrich one time. Can you just imagine <laughs> the coroner? He's like, "How do you die?" Ostrich kick. Ostrich. Ostrich. <laughs> what like, do you mean, no ostrich? Fam. He ate undercooked ostrich. He's like, "No." No ostrich from Missouri. Yeah. Have you seen that shit? They're yeah. ruthless. Dude. It's like a kangaroo from Australia. Or a python from Florida. Yeah. They're both ruthless. They're all ruthless. But not Komodo dragons. From Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Python versus ostrich. Since python won the python versus Komodo Off- dragon, ostrich we're, we're just upping up the, the tier here. Yeah. Eventually get to the top of the food chain, whatever I, wins. I think the python's I feel like the python's ostrich. win, yeah. I feel no, like ostrich, ostrich has got the speed, though. It can get out of there. Fast. Well, I guess it's just it, like an actual fight, like they actually duke it. I think Python would win. I mean, survival, the ostrich would just get away. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, if they had like one on one fight, yeah, they're forced. Like they're I mean, like it, it might be able to step on the head and take it out. I don't know too much yeah. about fighting patterns. I, I feel like it's back to the strangulation, dude. But you yeah. can't strangle an ostrich. Ostriches are huge. Yeah. You can strangle an ostrich if you're a python. Not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not, uh, nope, nope, nope. Experts nope. say nope. He said, nope. I've seen this fight, dude. I've been there. I placed five bucks on the ostrich. I saw it on Deadliest Warrior the other night. <laughs> it's, me- it's mega ostrich versus giant python. Yeah. It also depends on what swords they're using. Duh. Sheesh. <laughs> is he a spellcaster? Yeah. What, what, what type is he, you know? Battle mage. Uh. That's the ostrich. I just don't think the python has a leg to... Stand. Wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway. I, I reached it, dude. That's a pun right there. Yeah. That's all I had for news. Bubbles and pythons and, and uh, mushroom guy. I just saw a trailer uh, while we were uh, setting up here for a uh, Five Nights at Freddy's inspired Nicolas Cage movie where he just beats the crap out of animatronics. It looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they beat it. To, they beat the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, to the movie theaters. Then the right. actual co- company and Scott Cawthon and everybody. So we'll see how that goes. 
Yeah, they're probably pissed about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's not actually Five Nights at Freddy's, but it's a place with it's haunted animatronics that are killing people. Yeah, I mean, it's like basic idea. Yeah. As long as that movie's not received like super poorly. Though. Well, it also doesn't look like it's taking itself seriously at all. It looks like it knows it's aware of the joke, which is why I think it's like that's why they got Nick Cage. Basically, I mean, the whole trailer, like he's just like a janitor cleaning, and everyone's like, "Oh, everyone's dying," and then he just like gets up breaks the broomstick starts beating the shit out of the animatronics oh my god so it's, i'm just like okay i think they're they're in on the joke they know how mm. ridiculous it is yeah so i think that could be enjoyable <laughs> if you go into it knowing what it is yeah right. <laughs> go into it expecting an a plus movie and get that no yeah. so you'll have the real five nights of freddy's for that whenever that comes out yeah true true boys uh, anything else for the news that's that's old yep that's all we got this week, so I guess we're moving mm. into the boom. moving into the main attraction. That's right. Hey. Yeah. You. A little closer. I have a secret. If you go to Little Lot Stop Tech today, you say it's Saturday. I think he'll give you thirty-three percent off. You just have to say it's Saturday, boys. I think that's what the guy told me. But uh, I'm pretty sure he'll help you get something really cool for your website. That's what he did for us, so that's just what my guys got. I don't know. Go visit littleox.tech today. All right, so this week we all went and rewatched The Butterfly Effect uh, so we can talk about it on the podcast here. Good movie. It's been a long time since I watched it. I actually learned a lot rewatching it and looking up some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll just go into it. Uh, what's all your all's history with the movie? My first rated R movie I ever saw. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, um, my parents were watching it and I kind of snuck in behind them <laughs> and they didn't know I was watching it like with them. And mm. I was just like sitting back behind the couch, like watching <laughs> nice. it. And I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> it's, so, it's such a dark movie to see it. it like dude, really right, rewatching it. It like, it's stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Super very, heavy. very stressful, very heavy movie. Um, but it's really good. Um, I mean, if you can forgive the, the things that are there, obvious, there plot are some holes obvious plot or holes like, or plot convenience. Yeah, yeah, plot convenience happens a lot. I mean, you have to take a lot. Like, you have to understand you're going into watching like an entertainment movie, you know. But it has like oomph to it. Yeah, it does. It does fairly well with considering it's working with time travel. Like, especially for the time. Like, I think it did really well. Like nowadays, like I think if this came out, people would just like criticize it to death. But yeah. I think at the time, it was acceptable, and people weren't like nitpicking at every little detail about it yeah like i was looking at it it was really bombed hard by critics it's not like 30 percent on rotten tomatoes like it is but like fans always have liked it just Mm -hmm. all the critics at the time were just like this is trash and that's why the like the sequel didn't only got like a straight to dvd release and everything like that it it made good (laughs) box office money but just it got panned by critics at the time and it was labeled as unwatchable by some yeah (laughs) so still still talking about the second one oh the sequel oh yeah i was about to say really the first second one yeah there's a third one too which i didn't know existed until today and probably will never see i will never watch that but it is another straight to dvd i learned my lesson on the second one the second is so bad. See, I don't remember much about the second one. Like when we were exactly. talking the other couple <laughs> weeks ago, I kind of got them blended together because I forgot which one was the movie, like which one was the pictures, mm-hmm. which one was the journal. And what confused me is in the first one, he talks about his dad having the picture album. Yeah. So that's why I was like, wait, which one was the pictures and all of that? Right. But no, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. 
John, what's your first time seeing the movie? Do you, was it more recently or a long time ago? I think I was 17. Okay. So, I mean, it's been a little bit. Yeah. Nice nice rewatch, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I kind of caught more things than I, I did in originally, for sure, because I haven't seen it in a few years, too. I mean, it is one of my, my favorite movies of all time. I think probably because I like the age I saw it, you know, mm-hmm. like it just had more of an impact on me. Like I have a butterfly effect tattoo even. Yeah. Um, I think for Ashton Kutcher doing a serious role, I think he did really well given the time and the typecast that he was given being Kelso and like the rom-com well, do guy. Well, you know, he was the one of the executive producers when he signed yeah. on to it, it finally got oh. greenlit. Like oh. it had been trying to it was in development hell for years. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. rewriting the script and trying to get it to work. Then Ashton Kutcher got a hold of it, signed on to it as an executive producer, changed the script a little bit and finally got working on the film and getting it actually made. That's awesome. So he kind of like took it under cuz yeah, he was just like known for like Kelso and being like a really not serious actor. So for him to do a, a role as dark as this is, yeah, that he doesn't even, other than that intro scene, I was curious. He doesn't actually, he's not in the first like 28 minutes of the film, no. other than that mm-hmm. very first intro scene. Yeah, At least in the director's it. cut, because I watched the director's cut first. No, it's the same. I so, think throughout yeah. both. Yeah. And I guess this is a an old movie, but spoiler warning, if you've never seen The Butterfly Effect from 2004... Um, <laughs> just a heads up before yeah. we start getting into, yeah, getting just, into actual just stop watching this episode yeah pretty much go back and watch that movie and then come back and watch or watch the Home Alone special again that was a good one yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go back and watch more Saturday Boys <laughs> but yeah so getting into it uh, rewatching it I kind of I knew, I remembered that like um, it didn't doesn't really follow a three act structure it kind of does I tried to like f- pick the acts but it kind of is almost more of like a four-act structure because every time there's a major timeline shift, mm-hmm. it kind of changes it. Mm-hmm. There's like the whole first setup of everything where you get like all of the events where you don't know what's everything's going on. Then once he learns that he has the ability, then it kind of changes and each one is kind of its own little act that it sets up until the end. Mm-hmm. And I tried to keep track and I got actually confused and that's because of a plot hole type thing. I... I, I um, thought like he major changed the timeline the first time he went back but all he did was give himself the scar yeah and i'm like oh that wasn't a full timeline change so mm-hmm. technically we're only in the second timeline i was all trying to do that yeah and then at all he does they do that one more time in the film when he slams his hands down yeah. i'm like wait what do you two more times because there's one where he's holding the knife because that there's no significant change because he doesn't do anything well um oh yeah okay i guess yeah because because yeah. he goes to destroy the um the blockbuster yeah and yeah he pulls the knife out but then he puts it in his pocket and then all of a sudden you see him with the fucking knife oh out yeah again. And there's, like, oh, uh, i went on to imdb just for out of curiosity because they like to point out the goofs yeah there's a lot of goofs but hearing about how troubled the shooting was i'm like okay that makes sense there's a lot of inconsistency yeah. stuff with like stuff being in different places and people moving in between shots but that happens on a lot of films yeah <laughs> another one was that uh, i pointed out to brandon today that when uh, they're watching like the blockbuster in like the mailbox, uh, but like we kind of dismissed it. Uh, it just might be him misremembering because the the sequence of events like when it happened, because like in the first shot when he's covering Kaylee's ear, it, it's it's her ears. She puts her only her left hand over his over his hand, but then when he remembers it, he remembers both hands. And there's different shots of both where it's just one hand, but then other shots where it's both. Mm-hmm. See, I'm so, I'm gonna get imaginative with it and say that's uh the whole thing where you don't remember 
something as accurately as it happens. Yeah, that's yeah. why we kind of dismissed yeah. it. Yeah. It wasn't an editing or uh, any type of mistake in the, when making the movie. It's more so because he's misremembering that sequence. Yeah. So it's easy. Like, I guess not easy, but that, that's probably more or less what they were doing. So it was probably deliberate. Yeah. Do you want to give like a quick recap of the film for anyone who would listening who just decided not to watch it and everything just for us too? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Why not? So yeah, so the film's about Evan, uh, who has the ability to basically go back in time via his journals, and he learns that. Um, he throughout his childhood he is pretty. He's got not not a great life. Uh, his parents are separated. His dad is put in a mental institution, and he constantly has blackouts. And his first one happens when he's at school. And uh, he has a drawing that doesn't remember, so his psychiatrist decides to uh, tell him to start making journals. And then throughout his childhood, he has a really close relationship with his neighbors, uh, his the brother and sister, Kaylee and Tommy. And uh, throughout the time, he keeps on having all these blackouts, and he doesn't know large portions of his life. And because of that, uh, he has, like, basically there's, how many? There's five major blackouts in the film. Uh, mm-hmm. first one happens when he's drawing at school. Then the second one, when he goes to his, uh, friend's house, they go into the basement and he blocks out. Then the third one, uh, they are in their 13 now. So it's a couple years later. The first two happen when he's about seven. Mm-hmm. And then when he's 13, uh, when they're all teenagers, they t- decide to prank one of the neighbors. And I'm assuming it's in like a, not the neighborhood they live in or else they'd be more suspects. Yeah. And they went yeah. like through the forest. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a, a, a nearby neighborhood. They decide mm-hmm. to prank and then he blacks out there and doesn't remember anything that happened on it, but something obviously goes really wrong. And then a couple days later, once their friend Lenny, who uh, basically goes catatonic from that event, he comes back to town and decides to go hang out together uh, Tommy, who is obviously very distressed from everything going on, uh, captures his dog, puts it in a sack to light it on fire, and then he has another blackout. He doesn't remember what happens with all of that. So that's his fourth major blackout. Oh, no, I missed one. Ah, the knife in the hallway. Because mm-hmm. there's five total blackouts. Yeah. That's that's still, he's still seven when that happens. He's still younger. Still seven. Yeah, yeah, so he has three when he's seven, then two when two he's 13. 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the knife one's... It's not his first blackout because his first one is the drawing. So. Yeah, because uh, the knife one is uh, this technically the second blackout because it's when the the more the day of that like, he's gonna go over to Tommy and uh, Kaylee's. But yeah, so uh, all that happens. He then his mom decides to take him away. He moves away. Eight eight years go by and he's like twenty now at this point in college. And then he uh, learns of his journals and everything, and he decides to go back to upstate New York where he lived. And he meets Kaylee and doesn't. He tries to ask her about certain things. She gets visibly distraught, hits him, runs away. Then he learns the next day that she killed herself, and it really messes with him, obviously. So he le- goes into his journals and does his first major change. He reads about uh, going to the basement. He turns out that uh, their dad, Kaylee and Tommy's dad, is a messed up son of a gun. And uh, he changes that timeline. He yells at him. Uh, basically, calls him a fuck bag. Calls him a yep, fuck bag. Yep. That's yeah, that's what I took. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically, uh, sets the first major timeline change because he does learn. Uh, while he's learning, like that, he can kind of visit his old memories, his blackouts, looking at the journals. Uh, he uh, burns his uh, like he, he drops his cigarette, burns his stomach, and I saw a note that it. I don't know if this is someone speculating, but mm. they said it looks like the um, uh, what is that? The Mandelbrot set. It's like it looks like the Mandelbrot set, which is another thing for the butterfly effect. You know, the whole oh. 
the fractal of life. I'm uh, like, it also is just a, kind of a circle, but you yeah, know, whatever. Like stretch, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever floats your boat. But yeah, so he goes back after yelling at the dad. He's now, instead of just a normal like psych, psych student, he's now like a frat boy. And him and Kaylee are together as a couple. And like his old a goth roommate has no idea who he is. Thumper. Thumper, Thumper. yeah. And so he seems to be okay with it. Uh, lives out about a week in this new timeline until Tommy comes back. And he learns that basically because he threatened the dad with Kaylee, all of that trauma went to Tommy. Yep. And Tommy got even more messed up. He went into juvie. He's out. Now he wants to beat the crap out of Evan. And, and they ensuingly fight. And Evan kills Tommy. And then, which was totally unnecessary. Which was totally he, unnecessary. He had him on the ground with the pepper spray, yeah. and then he started kicking him. Then he started punching him. Then he picks up a fucking bat, and it's just like, okay, bro, you could have stopped I thought like three steps a, ago. I thought that was a little outdone. I was just like, yeah. whoa, okay. Yeah. It's like, all, it's all like right. he took all that aggression out in one instance. So yeah. Like, like, I get it. He was a shitty well, person. Well, and also at the time, it was your first time watching it. You don't know the stuff coming up yet. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he gets all these memories coming to him. And they say, like, whenever he gets his brain scanned, it's like, oh, the outer cortex or whatever, the whole memory Cerebral. is hemorrhaging, like, yeah. major. Like, he should be dead. But it's because, like, I don't know, through the time travel, he's learning all those memories really fast. Yeah, and so he has, like, all these life's, like, lifespans, like, within one person. So it's, Basically. like, it's not meant to be like that. So it's, like damaging him more and more but yeah time. so after he kills tommy he gets thrown in jail for a bit and then uh he eventually gets a single piece of his journal and he's able to go back to the junkyard scene for his, uh the junkyard blackout and he learns that um uh let's see that one because uh, he goes to the junkyard is, scene twice if i'm not mistaken he gives lenny the shard yes. he gives yep. lenny the shard to uh he gives a shard of Cut the rope. He cut says, the "Cut the rope. rope." To cut the rope, mm -hmm. and then he actually saw, uh, diffuses the situation without Lenny there. He actually is about to, mm -hmm. just being, you know, his adult brain and his kid, he's able to kind of diffuse it. But then Lenny, who is, still has the previous scene, which the audience hasn't seen yet, is very messed up because this is right when he got back from being basically being catatonic. He goes and kills Tommy, which then puts him in like this really weird full timeline where Lenny is now the one in committed, the, yeah. committed in the psych ward. And then, um, let's see, just looking at my notes here again. So after that, then he uh, basically uh, looks at that journal to see what happened on that mailbox day. And then he sees that they took the blockbuster and uh, put it, uh, he put a cigarette on it. So it would have like a two minute light or something. And then a mom drives up with her kid and it kills the mom and the kid because they go to get the mail. And that's why Lenny's so catatonic and everything. And um, I don't think he changes it. I think he just looks at it. Oh, no. The, he well, runs up to it. The yeah, first yeah, time yeah. he looks up. The second time he goes in and he runs up to it and explodes. Yeah, because yeah. of what Kaylee said in the previous timeline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why didn't you then save the why did, mom? Why didn't you yeah. save the mom? Yeah, That's so. she's a, a prostitute. Yep. Because in that third timeline, yeah, she's a prostitute. Because And, then, uh, and yeah. then because him doing that, he gets he get, becomes what pair he becomes a paraplegic he loses his arms yeah for and the then, fourth full timeline which i i wrote as the everyone else's happy timeline yeah because exactly. <laughs> yeah. tommy is uh like yeah. a christian what's kid. up brian i know right That's, how's your head feeling bro <laughs> i saw that girl you went home with did she I, borrow your razor oh <laughs> fucking lenny dude. God, well, i just damn it. i know right kills me. Uh, i just need to note that evan there's that scene with the granola bar that never needed to happen. Oh, where oh. he's trying to grab it and it and fucking just breaks. I brought a prop just for that. No. <laughs> Did you bring a granola bar? 
just to see how how sturdy it is. Just, just, oh, it's just the for neat, that. It's the right. It's type the exact too. one too. You're gonna right? get crumbs everywhere. You might yeah. need to. Yeah, we might not this. open it, but <laughs> bro, it's already broken before we even. I think exactly. it. I think that scene's actually pretty accurate. Those scenes yeah. break. Yeah, no, dude, those but things funny enough, there is a continuity error with that scene. Later on, he's not in the focus, but you see him holding it. Yeah. Even though he like it broke really? in his scene. Yeah, it's just huh. in the corner. Yep, it's just yeah. from. Being he broke the first multiple takes. He, the he, he got the second bar though that was yeah. off screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after learning that everybody else is happy, but he's a paraplegic, he just tries to commit suicide, but he can't even do it. Then also a side note on that, mm-hmm. my favorite one liner in the movie is right here. Did anybody catch that? Yep. Tommy comes in and he goes, "Hey, you forgot the toaster on the ledge." <laughs> and then Evan goes, "Lenny likes pop tarts." And I was just like, oh, and even Dude, Yes, Dude, oh that is my also God. my favorite line. Yeah. Lenny yes. likes pop tarts. Yeah, Lenny likes pop tarts. He just says it so deadpan too. He's just Dude, like, Lenny I, likes pop tarts. I never caught that until this watching it, and it's yeah. now my favorite fucking Dude, line. Lenny likes pop tarts. So good. Oh, I never so, appreciate it as much as I like. I because I I would say I caught it, but I never appreciate it as much as I did like this last couple viewings of it. Yeah, I'm like it's so it, it's so ironic because like. It's good, good intention with that statement, but at the same time, what he's choosing to do is going to hurt the very person he's trying to do. Like it's just yeah, very yeah. It's like I don't want to deprive Lenny of his toaster, but I'm yeah. <laughs> very self devaluating. Yeah. Oh yes. my gosh. Like he's less like, than Lenny's pop tart. Right. It's a very oh. powerful line, but it's also a very quippy and funny. Yeah, it's line. a good yeah, it's quick. Sad and funny. Oh, but yeah. So after that, he uh, convinces Lenny to give him his journals because he can't even. He's paraplegic. He can't control his hands. So he finds a line and goes back to the basement and decides, all right, well, let's just destroy that um, blockbuster. Get rid of it, yeah. Uh, Because he knows it's in the basement, and that uh, blackout that he has is in the basement when they're down there doing the movie. And uh, so he goes, gets it, threatens the dad with it, and lights it like an idiot. And then they get in a scuffle. He drops it, and Kaylee grabs it, killing her. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a sparkler. Yep. So the now he's in like the fifth full timeline where he himself now is in the psych ward, which is the last timeline. And then this is when I realized this viewing that this movie actually had multiple endings. I had mm. no idea that it had that because I had uh, as up to this point had only ever watched the director's cut ending. Mm. I've never seen the theatrical one. The most dark of them all. Exactly. I I've, that's but the theatrical the director's cut one is kind of I don't know it's more thematic. Yeah. I feel it fits better with it after watching the yeah. theatrical cut. So uh, if he at the fifth timeline, he wakes up in a psych ward. And because the uh, basement was like his, I guess it was his second full time that he's had a memory or a flashback that he, uh, a blackout that he could go to. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have any journals or anything set up. Um, so in now in this reality that he's got himself stuck into, there's no way for him to go to the ba- go into the past that he learns. Until he's talking to a doctor and his dad mentions like a, uh, a photo album that his dad was trying to do. Because throughout the whole movie, his dad has been like uh, kind of hinted at that he could have the same abilities. Like even one of the blackouts. Oh, that I didn't list. Well, There's that's a where his dad tries, his to, dad tries him, to kill yeah. him. That's another yeah. big thing between the theatrical and the director's cut, though, is in the director's cut. They tell you uh, that his father had the power and that his grandfather oh. had the power. They took mm-hmm. out some of those scenes like the... Um, the one where he gets his palm read. Oh, that's not in the theatrical? That's not in the nope. theatrical. Oh, okay. The one where the Nazi dude steals his notebook and says, my grandpa was in the loony bin. Oh. They took that out. They took out everything oh, referencing really? that his family had a curse, except for the um, when he goes back and sees his dad, and then his dad tries to kill him. 
but oh, then they even change what his dad dialogue. says to him oh, because really? in the theatrical version he was i love and then it cuts off because he can say i love you but in the director's cut he says you have to die it's the only way yeah okay yeah there's huh. a couple big differences for that and basically changes the lore for the story because it makes the director's cut ending make sense yeah and it, like those scenes have no relevance or they actually ruin the plot if they're in the theatrical another scene that they cut was uh he goes up i think it's around the time when they do the hypnosis thing when he's 13 he goes into the attic and he sees uh pictures and it's ones that his dad uh seemingly used to go back mm -hmm. and then also he sees a death certificate uh that i think it's uh, alluding to the grandfather yeah that oh. he died at the um a sunnyvale or whatever yeah oh okay. so it's like those scenes like they're so minor like it's like three major scenes but they all like for the director's cut, they're necessary because of the idea that he was never meant to exist. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. they ha but they can't be in the theatrical because the because the way they ma made that plot go. Yeah, because the director's cut ending, which is the one that I'm more familiar with, is basically he in the psych ward he learns that his dad could go back via photos, so he basically puts together that he could use basically any memory device to go back in time. So he asks his mom to bring old home movies they made. Then he breaks out because they're gonna transfer him uses the old home movies to go back to basically his birth and then commits suicide in the womb, strangles himself with the umbilical cord, basically ending the cycle. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. the end of the director's cut. It shows Kaylee and all of them living off because uh, we learned pretty close to the end of the film that the only reason why Kaylee and Tommy stay with their dad is because Kaylee had a crush on Evan. On Evan. Mm -hmm. So uh, that doesn't really get used in the director's cut. So I never thought anything about it really. But um, she goes off and does, like, the her, you can see her get married and everything. Mm -hmm. And then in the theatrical cut, instead of going, and the, yeah, theatrical cut, instead of going to the uh, miscarriage, he uh, the basically, he goes to the, the birthday party where he, party meets, where he yeah. meets her. And then he tells her, like, screw you, basically. He's like, I don't want to see anything. I'll cut you or yeah, something. If you kill you come, and your whole damn family. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So she runs away crying, so she'll, she doesn't want to stay. The mom, yeah. They go with the mom, and then they both get raised pretty well because her mom's, they're actually good. So. Yeah. And this separates those two from Tommy, or from Lenny and, yep. and Evan. So then when he finally wakes up in that, then he's like, Kaylee, and he's like, who's Kaylee? And then that's yep. when he realized, like, Lenny doesn't know who she is. This timeline, there's no association. So then, like, Everyone, it's a the feel good ending is the way I like to dub it, just because yeah. everyone gets to live. And there's still has there's a the Radiohead too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the one where um, the actual theatrical ending they they it's yeah Evan walks past her in New York and they they both take a turn to look at each other but they don't ever quite see each other mm -hmm. and then they keep walking. But that was the one that was in theaters. Yeah. Correct. Okay. And then there's two other endings um, that are cut that were like for theatrical that they didn't do. One is where um, he turns and he actually follows her, and then the other That's one. That's kind of creepy. They both <laughs> turn and then he asks her out for coffee. Oh wow! Well, so it's like I think yeah. I've seen that one before. I, that's I've seen a couple of them used on um, like effects. deleted scenes. Like when yeah, effects yeah. will run the uh, show, they yeah. play like the happiest fucking version possible. Oh, yeah, they're like, oh, like when they start talking again, it's like it defeats the purpose of everything. Yeah, there's yeah. no sacrifice if he just ends up with her anyway. Yep, but that's my tidbit. Then you see Alfred in the coffee shop, and he looks up the coffee, and he looks over, and he's glad that Batman doesn't recognize him. <laughs> Did you guys get like a familiar thing to that too? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dark Knight. Yeah, right. that's such it's a, a whole nother bag of worms. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, real quick, what's so just uh, considering the two endings, so like the th uh, ma the major theatrical and the director's cut. What's your preferred? 
my preferred would be the director's cut because it's the one I'm more familiar with and I like the whole darkness of it. The whole it, it wraps the whole movie together in a theme. Like it's a story that shouldn't happen and it really shows how cycles of abuse like not even the whole him not be, being like supposed to be alive, the whole cycles of abuse like no matter what you try and save, there's still other stuff going along, so you not one ch- uh, choice can fix anything. Right. Every little thing has like some major consequence, even if you don't realize what it's going to be. Yeah. It's what his dad says to him when he visits him in yes. the hospital. He says, you can't play God. You can't fix everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. What, what exactly does it say? Because like, you can't change people without changing... The past. It, it's the way yeah. he. It's the way he says that sentence. But between that and then, like, you can't play God. Like those two sentences, they like completely encompass the whole yeah. idea of what the movie is and like why like you can't. No matter what you do, you can't. You can't make everything work. Like it's, you can't right every wrong in the world. It's impossible. Just because you can heal some scars doesn't mean you can heal all of them. That was really deep, boys. That was. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the most beautiful we've ever gotten. <laughs> deep boys. Right? Deep boys. What's your preferred one? Anybody? Um, I, I go back and forth, but I think as of now, I'm, and for the most part, director's cut. Because it's both the first one I watched, and I didn't even know the theatrical one even existed until the years after. But the director's cut, just because it's just truly what the dire- what the original story is meant to be. And I feel like it just overall, it just gives so much weight to the decisions that are making in the movie. Because it, it, yeah, it, just, it just makes everything more relevant. Because like, if everyone wins, it's it's nice, but it's not... I think the point of the movie. I'm going to have to agree. Uh, director's cut because it's the primary version that I owned and watched growing up. So that's the one that I'm used to, I guess more so, but I also think that the emotional impact is a little bit greater having to make a decision of that weight and caliber. Um, yeah. It hits you in the gut a little bit harder. It also makes sense of the scenes that are cut out that are put back in like the fortune teller and like that kind of stuff. I think yeah. those are fun and it'll not fun, but like, you know what I mean? In the realm of like a yeah. movie watching movie going, like it adds a little bit to the lore of like, Oh, he doesn't have a lifeline on his palm. Like that's kind of yeah. neat. Like in the term of like, he shouldn't exist. So then it's because of the, the stillbirth, like, you know, so it just kind of makes you think his, his mom said to have two stillbirths before, which Were is those other movies. That's basically well, that's you know cut I mean? out of the the theatrical. That's cut out that's theatrical. another part that's okay, cut yeah. out. Because yep. in the director's cut, it says she had like two stillbursts before. So do each of those two stillbursts have their own whole full stories to them that they maybe managed to go back in time and kill themselves? Those are Ashton Kutcher's other two famous roles. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. That makes, makes sense. sense. Uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> John, what's your preferred one? Uh, theatrical. Theatrical. Yeah. I think okay. that decision makes it just so like. It's just. It's heavy. Yeah, it's very heavy. It's... I think the the thing I have an issue with is the fucking CGI at the very end. Yeah. I think me and Anthony were kind of talking about it earlier. Like, I think that if you're gonna do that one and you're gonna have that like heavy of a message, don't show like a CG like a shitty 2004 CGI baby hanging. It's so, like just <laughs> hey, allude to the fact that it happened because yeah. that whole scene has the same exact relevance whether. The, whether you see whether it happen the, or not, the inf- yeah. Whether the unborn child is thrown, like it's completely. Yeah, you don't need to see the ultrasound. You could just have it, ha- basically, have the camera shake, go to her, then have her go. Something's going wrong, and then, and then like have her yeah, cry, exactly. have her cry, and then yes. just have her just sitting there. It doesn't just add like in the silence. Showing the unborn child, it just doesn't do any. Oh, and it just it just makes it look che- like what what would I say? It just it's silly. It's like cheesy. It doesn't. Yeah. It just it's, it's just 
kind of yeah it's just kind of weird for how heavy of a moment it is just to see this really shitty cg and it's like slow it's like, like kind of slow motion yeah, even it's so it's like it's not fitting for the kind of i feel like it kind of they didn't put radiohead over it yeah that that'd be fucking <laughs> that'd be weird put pearl jam over it wrong 90s band but also <laughs> i guess talking about the where he, like the bad i guess cgi is like how the one timeline I think I have the both the most issue with, but at the same time understand why it's in there is the second to last timeline when after he saves the the mom and the baby. And he, Where he he's a paraplegic that everyone else is happy timeline. Because I feel like <laughs> that specific like mainly I think my issue with it is I feel like it's plot convenience because they needed to kind of set up the ending of the movie with that timeline because when you watch the scene over. You can literally the the amount of time he has and what he decides to do going up to the mailbox. He could have just done what Tommy did. And then the whole sequence didn't have to happen because he never would have been blown up. There's no reason for him to stop right at the mailbox. There's so a decent amount of plot, plot holes and plot convenience. So like that's why I have the that's why I'm like so like it's double edged sword for that because I understand because between like the sequence in the tub when he tries to kill himself and then finding out what he does from Kaylee realizing that that's the reason why she stayed. Like I understand mm-hmm. the setup, but I feel like maybe they could have done a different. Like it still works, but I feel like it's it's too heavily reliant on that plot convenience to just let it happen because they need it to further it that it kind of grinds my gears a little bit that's where the second piece of shitty uh, cgi is as well mm-hmm. oh the whole pair of arms john and you look at his yeah when he wakes nubs, up he's like his nubs look like yeah. shit his nubs look like, like you can and just, it's like super blurry well, around the spot you want to know a fact i read about that hmm. so normally when that's done they they shoot the shot twice mm-hmm. and they use like a type of device that tracks the camera exactly the same they'll have ashton kutcher lay down do the scene he'll have like the green sleeves on yeah then they'll mm-hmm. do the scene and have the camera move and everything and then they'll set it back like digitally and then shoot the scene without him there and everything um they didn't have the budget to do that so they did it with stopwatches where they like moved it for like x amount of seconds and they were able to do it that way so oh. That's why it kind of looks shitty, is it was literally like the makeshift version, makeshift of version of that because wow. they didn't have the budget to do what big films were doing at the time. Well, okay. good so. on them. I mean, for doing <laughs> it and making it look halfway decent for the time, you know, it just it, it's That's one fair. of those things that didn't age, age well. Yeah, it didn't. More, age, so. It didn't age well. It, it it was pretty cool for yeah, the, at the time. time I had no yeah. way of like I. At the I'm time, pretty I, sure I believed it when I first watched. I it. was like astounded. <gasps> There is a little bit of like weird color correction though on his face and certain shots of all that timeline just because of it. Mm. So yeah, the color on the um, like when he goes into a memory is kind of funky. Like yeah. I get it's like supposed to be like oversaturated and shit, but it's just kind of funky. Right. Or how about every time he goes when he does like the warp? I feel like it. Oh yeah, it shakes. It, between that, like I like the effect, but also the, the volume. I feel like as the movie goes on, it could oh, just dude. be like my my me thinking this or imagining it. But I feel like every time that happens, it gets louder. And I had louder. the remote in my hand the whole time I was right? watching. I was like, dude. up, down. <laughs> I don't know uh. if it's just the DVD copy I had, but like for my TV, normally I have my volume around like twenty to twenty five. Hmm. I could not hear a goddamn thing no. on this movie. It was yeah, at like forty, and of course because it's like a. 2004 or 5 DVD there's like no subtitles on it so I'm just like what the hell are they saying <laughs> have my volume on max and then it's probably and just like blast your freaking TV yeah, yeah. I know right because even on the Blu-ray like it, it's the same thing like the when I first started the movie up like watching it through both the directors and the theatrical there's like it's super quiet in the dialogue in the first sequence of him going back it's so loud yeah. <laughs> so I have to like turn it down like three or four notches on the sound bar I'm like what the hell is this and then like then you forget about it and then you, they start talking and they're like it's like what the hell? I know the balancing issues. It's not as bad as the Hobbit DVDs. Oh my gosh! 
Those were terrible for sound balancing. No, no. Something I figured out. His blackouts, I think, I'm pretty sure, every time he tries to go back and change something. Yeah. Yeah. The thing we were debating is the idea that, or I think we came to agreement, is the, that it's essentially yeah. any time he forms a new tangent. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It creates a new thread. Yeah. And that causes him to black out because it's all the memories. Yeah. Yeah. And then the idea, too, we also talk about, like, me and Brian talk a lot about this today, <laughs> uh, that the idea that the movie, because time travel is difficult in itself, that... But what it also does, it, it doesn't fixate on a linear or a multiverse, like linear timeline or multiverse. It kind of takes them both and kind of makes them work together. Yeah. So at points, there'll be multiverse, but then it kind of crams it all into a linear timeline again once the events start to kind of unfold. Yeah, what we kind of discerned is that he's opening up doors to parallel universes via these journals by changing the memories. However, he himself is on a linear timeline. Yeah. Well, so it's kind of weird how it jumps in between the so two. That's my next question. Realize though, what's going and on. Kind of going into like the relativity of it is like so when he first opens the journal, he does the first entry when he's in college. Mm-hmm. What is in real time, quote unquote, the time that elapses between when he opens the journal and the end of the movie? Ooh, Ooh I don't. know. Okay, man. that's a good. That is so a good fucking question. He opens it up. Let Let's track it through. He opens it up and then um, so the his first, first time he goes back is when he burns himself. And then he looks at it and he's because that was just like a little bit of time there. Yeah. The, no, well, the first time first is time when he was the when girl. He, yeah, he hooks up with the girl and then they go. But he goes back to seeing yep. Crockett get yes. burned. Yes. Yeah. Because oh. I had a note on that specifically. Yeah. Because yeah. I, yeah, I, right, I, I, I thought there was two like, times when back there. It's like yeah, he's obviously distressed and she's like, "Read, read." That's That's what I have. He reads a really dark line and she's like, "Tell me more." Right. His dog died. And then she makes fun. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Yeah. I put here's my exact note. Weird girl that he's hooking up with makes him read the fucking disturbing passage in his journal. She then makes fun of him when he wakes up. So, Don Juan, do you pass out on all of your dates? After he just, like, convulsed and right. had a seizure and, like, Something fucking I got bled out of his too. nose. And he's well, like, I think that was the first time, like, because of the first time and he didn't do anything, he just relived it. He didn't actually, it was just him passing out. There was no no vomiting, no blood. Yeah. Nothing, I feel like, like he probably convulsed was... a little bit. Probably, but yeah. Maybe. But I mean, like, I guess on too. screen, he actually but, didn't. But still, like, I'm not going to make fun. Like, if I'm with like, a girl out, like, and she passes okay? out, like, I'm not going to be concerned. I'm not yeah, going to be exactly. like, oh, hi. Right. The I mean, only yeah, one that has him. consistent morals around him when he has these episodes based on, like, the events that happen, the things that open, is Thumper. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. ever yeah. catch yeah. that? He's, he's the only one that genuinely cares about him. and Lenny, too. Not in well, some not, of them. Not as much, yeah. but like more so. But mainly because like, like Lenny half the time blames him for it. Because yep. well, actually it's not half time, but that one major time where he's like, you knew something bad was going to happen, so then he just like. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like he's sensitive to like when he's having an episode. True. Like he, when he he's like rushes nice over. Lenny. Yeah, yeah, when he's good nice Lenny. Lenny. Yeah. Pop, yeah. Well, when he's not been fucked up by Evan. Fun fact I read: they filmed all the nice Lenny shots first when he was about 20, 30 pounds lighter, and then they had like three weeks, and he gained like thirty pounds in like three weeks. That's why surprised everybody and he just like ate a ton of food to gain the weight to shoot pop all the like, dude dude pop <laughs> maybe pop who, maybe the line pop-tarts. came from them talking on set yeah. or something and ashton goodrich just remembered he's like damn lenny likes pop did he just say that in the shot no, keep it. <laughs> yeah well yeah that's that that fun fact but yeah no thumper is like yep. Dude, I like Thumper. He's such a character. Dude, Dude, the bar scene. (laughs) Dude, Dude, I love it. And he breaks the freaking cue stick and starts whistle. And it's like, you just watch it. I'm like, nope. Nope. The the whole, the, the... That policy was like they were like, oh, you fucked up. You gotta that, stop. That scene where he <laughs> genuinely cares for him though, that was some good acting too. Mm-hmm. Where like he's like call nine one one and he sees him in there, like nobody else responded that way. 
Yeah. Everyone was just like, are you okay? And then there's the scene where he's a quadru- uh, paraplegic. Yeah. And he falls on the floor and he's like, take me back. They're like, okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah. He's had an episode. He, he, no, take him to the hospital. Even if he's yelling at you to take him back. Yeah. It's just like, uh. It's not lost. <laughs> we have to go back. I had a note about Thumper, though. <laughs> uh, just a quote, actually. Hmm. My favorite line. Well, not my favorite line. My favorite Thumper. Be careful with me. I'm post-coital. I'm tender. <laughs> Yeah, that was a very, that was a scene I did not understand the first time I watched that movie. He jumps in his lap too, like as he's naked, holding like the dildo, just like out there like that, like like, a fucking lightsaber, right? (laughs) And just like that—that was, uh, what a way to set up that they're really good friends. But like, (laughs) oh my god, he's like, "Don't touch me, I'm I'm boys, I'm I'm tender." tender. (laughs) It's like, yikes! I love it. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's that's. Let's let that one slap. <laughs> the pet worms. Yeah, pet worms. Those only come up for like three seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing. Well, it's just mostly in the first timeline. Because the first mm-hmm. timeline, he doesn't... He had basically, if you think about it, all of his trauma is repressed. Mm-hmm. So he's basically his character in the purest form. He's trying to figure out his memories. He's trying to figure out his yeah. memories. He, that's when he's the psych major. He knows everything. Like when he's... He's in a the psych s- major in a few of them. Well, in the if we talk about it, like being in a linear timeline... He's probably only a couple weeks for the whole movie at most. Like yeah. a, a week or so in the second timeline where he's a frat boy. No, actually, because the, then he's in he's in a penitentiary. I also saw online that technically the uh, the filming location, he's in a place where he should have been are, are like already like uh, incarcerated. He should have been in like just like a holding jail cell or something until the trial's over. Yeah. But they put oh, him yeah. in like a state penitentiary. Yeah, right away. And it's just like, well, oh. That's what I want... I don't know if I brought it up with Anthony when we were watching it earlier, but I thought that exact same thing. I was like, well, damn, that was a quick trial. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck, right. they don't even show anything. He's just straight in the pen. Like, it's like, yeah. well, especially with the idea that if the implication is that he's only there strictly off of her testimony, it's like, you're not getting any more evidence than that? Yeah, like because it person? was self-defense until the point that he started hurting him on the ground. Right. And that's, that's just it. Like, and then the idea that they would have to prove that he actually had the intent to kill him versus self-defense. Like, yeah. how could they just... Which yeah, means she likely testified. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. But we at the same time, it's testimony. like you still would need more evidence because of the idea, like what, she, what the mom was saying, is like, oh, your lawyer's pretty sure he can get you off on self defense. So like, especially if that's up on the table, it's like how they throw him. In how jail do they so throw quick. him in the penitentiaries with all the other criminals where he gets raped and all that jazz right. that yeah, fast? Big Nazi like, dudes. And shit. I know what the hell. Yeah. yeah, that scene got really dark. That was some of the most yeah. disturbing part Dude. of the movie. It's another note I have: the prison run is wild. That's literally it's the note. Wild. It just says the prison run yeah, is wild. Also wrote That's that the film, talk, uh, the film is usually pretty dark, except for the prison scenes. It's uh, really it well lit. It's very well yeah, lit. It's yeah, very right. bright. It's a nice change of pace, like for your eyes to watch those scenes. Which is it sounds weird. But... The setting, like, it's I know, exactly. Right? I think right. it's an ironic like counterbalance on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I guess not the darkest, but like the most like. Yeah. It's probably one of the longest timeline runs too. The second day, because then the third major timeline is just when. Last year. Uh, it's when Lenny is the one that's incarcerated. He's not in that one for very long. No, that's quick. Yeah, that one's yeah. pretty fast. So it's the, the second one definitely has the most amount of time in it when he's a frat boy and he's trying to figure out everything. Because he, that one doesn't seem to have anything. He doesn't even really think about Lenny at all during that timeline. Interesting, and, no. No, Lenny doesn't come up hard yeah. No. It's not until... Well, actually, uh, it does. He goes to the payphone and he tries to call Lenny's... Oh, yeah. Oh, he's he's on his parents. Him. Yep, yeah, that's that is right. And then his mom's like, don't ever come back. Yep. Yeah. That, that's crazy. That timeline is long as hell. Yeah. I, yeah, I, forget, I thought that was two separate things. That's actually my least favorite part of the movie. It's kind of boring. That second timeline? Yeah. 
Well, I guess it is called all the setup for the rest of the movie. <laughs> just because that's like it's it's his first major skip, so it's his first change. like different parallel universe he finds himself in. Mm-hmm. So anybody else notice the Blink One Eighty Two posters all yep. over his room? Oh, I still haven't seen. You, you mentioned the second one. I still didn't see the second one in the scene. They pan. So you start off and you see the first one. Right then it there. pans left. Then you catch like a quarter of a second. When you just see Dash One Eighty Two. Oh, it's not nice. a full poster, gotcha. but like half. Yeah, I've but, always saw that first one, but and then in when they go to eat dinner, it plays Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, so just good music all yeah. around oh, yeah. this movie. I knew I recognized it, but it wasn't until today because I paid attention to the subtitles and then between you saying it too, like, yeah, I noticed. Watch it with subtitles. What was that like? I always want right. I know. <laughs> in the beginning, <laughs> when completely they go to the movie the theater. They're watching Seven. Yep. Yes. yes. I yeah, love Seven, oh, dude. That's a good movie. Speaking of that freaking scene. Okay, so the guy that's sitting behind Kaylee in that scene, he's way too into that scene considering how oh, freaking dude. gross it is. Dude, he's, yeah. like, he's like, yeah, I like it. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I'm so, like, it's, I hate that I know that now because I'm so fixated because he's like, why the fuck do they have him do that? No, dude, see, I never saw seven that Seven is guy. not a movie to get it, excited about. No, like, there's no point to where you're like, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You should never feel that way. Seven and Dumb and Dumb Dumber. Dumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he thought he was in Dumb and Dumber. They told, he, right. he walked in, he saw Seven and Dumb and Dumber. He's like, 50-50 right. like, chance. The punchline's coming yeah, in the next yeah. scene. It's Jim like, Carrey, yeah. <laughs> and it's really like they put on the fucking dude dead at the table. Just this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty dumb. <laughs> that guy's got bigger tits than Lenny's mom. Oh. Dude. That's that, the line. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> that kid was just an... I wrote that so many times in my notes. I was like, Tommy's, Tommy's just a, an ass. Tommy's a psychopath, dude. Fuckbag, dude. Yeah. little fucking... But man. it really shows how much, like, abuse can... At least it's trying to show yeah. how much abuse can fuck with someone's psyche. I wish I knew more about psychology, because something they picked up on is he's twisting the doll's head. Yes. And there's two timelines he twists the doll's head. Mm-hmm. There's one where I think he stands up for Kaylee, but he doesn't say anything about Tommy, and Tommy's upstairs watching, and he twists the doll's head again. Yeah. And then the first one, he does it. Mm-hmm. And I think he has some kind of... It, this is, again, not knowing too much about psychology, but I think he has some kind of almost like Stockholm Syndrome-like envy because the attention Kaylee gets from the father versus mm-hmm. the father like neglects him and tells him to get out of the way and well, stuff. Well, when yeah. Evan first comes over, yeah. he's like, I thought I was supposed to be the hero yeah, in the yeah, story. Yeah. And he just cuts so, him out of it entirely. Yeah. So then it also builds on the resentment that he has of, of Evan. And then between that and then him having interest in that. So it's like the one person that he still cares about that thinks just like with the, when he's a frat boy. It's yep. like, you want to take the one person away from me that actually doesn't think about a piece of shit. So it's like he has every everything about his upbringing just makes him resent Evan in, in, in its entirety, whether it's his fault or not. Well, he also has like a thing against Lenny too, just like right off the bat. Because if you look at the very intro sequences when it shows Evan like at, in, when he's seven and he's mm. going to school, you see in the background Tommy's beating up Lenny with a fucking crayon. Oh yeah, I didn't. I don't think I ever noticed. He's got that. a big Crayola like a that's that like, like Mr. Brightside. Okay, yeah, I, I saw that. I saw him beating Tommy's on it. I never beating realized up Lenny that. in the very beginning of the movie. I was like, oh. well, that's some foreshadowing and it, right there. Right? <laughs> and, it, and it makes sense, too, because the idea that's like, because Lenny, like, even though we don't really see anything about the dad, but it's the implication that they like, he has, like, a regular family. He has the mom and dad that are present, and he likes his family. Mm-hmm. So, like, for Tommy, that every reason. Mom's not in the picture. Dad's a piece of crap. Yeah. So, every reason to be like, you have a perfect life. I don't want you to be happy. Messed up. Right? <laughs> it's so dark. Beat yeah. him with a crayon. Mr. Oh, I saw my problems. angry at somebody that beat him up with a crayon. Do you Make really? Sure it's the mac and cheese color. Of course. Fuck, dude. <laughs> that means you have the Crayola pack. 64? Yep. The big sharpener one. on the back, buddy. The big yes, one, dude. sir. The big the one. Good life. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> big old yellow and green. He knows it. Gosh. May I ask anyone else have anything to add? 
Yeah, I I had a few just random notes mm. from throughout. Let me, yeah. I put mom's a badass, like right at the beginning of the movie. She's oh, yeah. like fixing the car. She's yeah. like in the jumper. And then he's like, well, why can't I bring yeah, dad? And she's like, I'm not good enough. And he's like, yeah, you're fine. I think what is it the fourth timeline he goes back in time to save his mom because yep. he finds out that once he blows like, his arms up his mom has lung cancer yeah. which yeah. was I guess that scene would be cut out of the theatrical where she's smoking outside the psychic place uh, yeah the so, whole scene with yeah. the psychic is completely like, from the, 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 the dinner that was kind of like yeah, foreshadowed that she has like a cigarette thing like, yeah, like yeah. so I guess in the theatrical that's kind of more of like oh she just started chain smoking when that yeah it's like very vague on why that but no, his mom is pretty much a badass. <laughs> For sure. Oh, I put that dude's burn to Tommy is worth him getting beat up. Because in the theater when the when Tommy comes out oh, yeah. and he's like, What the fuck are you doing? And then the one guy buying goes, I'm popcorn. buying popcorn. What about you? <laughs> I was like, that burn is worth that right. guy getting beat up. Like that that right there, you're you're getting the fucking right hand of the. Right the way hand. Tommy beats him up is so calculated. Oh, he grabs Brutal. the thing and just shoves it. Well, right. he, he like, gra- like, hits it nose. with his like his leg and like knocks it into his nose and then punches him down. It's oh, so he right. fucks like that. And he immediately <laughs> stares at Evan like this is gonna be you. Yeah, it's pretty like, damn. much. Well, the thing is, I think it implies is that he like fantasizes about violence actively, mm-hmm. and then like how he fucked up he, Tommy is like. Yeah, and he just like thrives in it. It's like, yeah, this or how is me. easily it is for him to go that way because. In a few of those endings, he is the uh, the top of the school. Valedictorian. Yeah, valedictorian, yep. giving speeches. But is it underlying is what I always wondered. I think it is. I think it is because if you look at the one where he's like um, the Christian. Yeah, when he's religious. Like the, yeah, it's based yeah. off a lie. Yeah, it's based off of a lie. He didn't really, like, it wasn't his intention to save those people. It was his intent to put the blockbuster in the thing, which hurt the people. Yeah. He only went to save them after everybody else went. Mm-hmm. And he wanted like I, I took it as yeah like he wanted to take credit because you know? he was like after everyone's like he follows everyone like no like lady stop and it's like yeah and then so, so it's like I think at that point like I feel like because he is so messed up that he didn't become what he did out of actual righteousness it was that Getting it had something forced. to benefit something it, it, he was seen differently so he got attention well so through that timeline he still lived with his dad so yeah, he exactly. still has any timeline that he lived with his dad mm-hmm. it, it's like fed into him which again like you said cycles of abuse yeah, yeah. it kind of just like fucks him up that way but if he's with his mom he turns out fine which is why sometimes mm-hmm. like following this movie throughout the plot lines you have to like think of everyone's like oh he changed this so that changed all of that for these people but it didn't change this scene so they're still messed up like it like trying to write everything down yeah, like I mapped from... it but I yeah. I literally st- <laughs> dude you're gonna crack up the time I stopped mapping when I gave up <laughs> is the fucking pop tart comment <laughs> literally on my notes I have half the sentence typed out I said pop tart what the and then I just didn't do any other notes dude I love it uh, but I had it mapped out good dude I had um each transition each blackout. Um, and I did A through F, which would you're right would have been six or seven yeah. or so, and then I did a decimal point for each one he tried to change it, and mm-hmm. it ended up I think where it ends off is like seven like point like there's there's a couple like changes he makes to keep it to the point where the movie ends. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. How about like in the prison? <laughs> Again, me and Brandon were talking about this earlier. Uh, that like when it's uh, the whole riot and then uh, his uh, cellmate was holding the door closed so he can read the passage oh, to yeah. go back. Hercules? Yeah, he freaking goes up like when he first runs in that epic uppercut and just 
Oh yeah, that ends too. the guy. The he guy fucking just kills the Nazi with one punch. <laughs> right, and I was like, Saitama, <laughs> <laughs> one punch man. He is here, and then just, he holds the gate closed, and right, there's like know, a whole right? army there's of fucking people there, yeah, and it's like he kind of struggles slightly. See, so it kind of like kind of open a little bit, and then he closes it back. I'm like, dude, like I know you got big arms, but there's like six dudes there. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of guys. So like, that just like he is. He is I mean, Saitama. They get it after a while, but it's like thirty seconds of him holding yeah, that thing against like six, seven dudes. Like, dude, does he bench like a thousand? Like, when, like how the hell does he hold up? Brad, even it, it blew my over mind. over nine thousand. <gasps> That's what he benches. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that always always kind of stuck out to me like and then after watching one punch man i finally had something to kind of tie it to i'm like that's that's it <laughs> he, he does the workout You're right oh the scream kaylee does when um when she sees the dog like in the oh rocket no. scene mm-hmm. yeah she lets out like it's not the wilhelm scream but it's the other like the female oh, version mm-hmm. ah, ah, mm-hmm. like that yeah but it's one more time ah! <laughs> that was really good so, but you know what I mean it's like that adult yeah. woman scream it's like 13 year old Kaylee doing that scream that at the dog scream yeah it's like eh, the actor scream on set didn't get good what do we have in stock right. pretty much eh, like, that works <laughs> yeah. I watched that with Oshina and like right before that happened she walked by and she's like I hate that scream and then it happened and I was just like <laughs> okay it's I, yeah it's pretty bad yeah it's, <laughs> it's like uh, it's bad there was a time where I thought that um, what was the 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 dad's name the abusive dad George, George. yeah George yeah. yeah where um I don't even remember which timeline it is he goes back to the house knocks on the door and then George is like you're not selling like cookies or something oh yeah you? he looks almost like a actor from Forrest Gump Gary Sinise oh Sinise, yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah. that scene to where it, like confused me oh, and I was like wow. is that I didn't think about that I get what you mean yeah you tap in. yeah but that's like the one where she's a prostitute yep. yeah also the casting of the kids. They're supposed to be Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, I think for all three, perfect. I think for they like, were pretty yeah, good. Yeah, like, like Kaylee, like I feel like yeah, two, that they is all a pretty good yeah. ca- casting for everybody mm-hmm. for yeah. basically they, they three sets of four kids. Yeah, so right. <laughs> Lenny's was perfect, dude. Yeah, Lenny's was pretty good too. I mean, they all were. Yeah, I thought yeah, Tommy's looked like Tommy. I mean, like yeah, over time, like I never, my opinion never changed about thinking like, like as a kid, I was I was willing to believe like those are actually the same people. So like essentially like what they did with Boyhood when it's actually the same person. Yeah, like it was very convincing to me. Truman Show. Truman Show. Yeah. <laughs> it was Jim Carrey's whole life. Uh, yep. I had another note on the uh, George. I put mm-hmm. pedo dad is pedo right off the bat. I, said, I know, Look right? Look at the attire and the haircut. The, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, my note says like, George is way too obviously a creep. Yeah, he is super, <laughs> like, I would not let my kids go with George, like, well, just based on the way he acts and looks, like, straight out of the, just like, uh well, even Evan's mom, like, it, she didn't seem happy about bringing him no. over. So no. it's like, no. it's like, no. like, here's my number. All right, later. Right. It just kind of seemed like, oh, hi, George. Like, it, she was, like, very enthusiastic, like, un unenthusiastic about even just dropping them off something weird and i didn't catch if it was every single time but i have a theory it might be every time he has either a blackout or when he goes to change like a huge moment in his life Hmm. i think there's a crucifix if i remember right so when he's in the basement george has a gold chain crucifix hanging when he's in the prison and he blacks out it pans to where the window of his religious crewmate has that crucifix in the background and I didn't go back and catch if it's every time. Interesting. But I'm wondering if that was like some well, like director. I, I read a note. Um, this is, most of the stuff I read is through IMDb, so everything's with a grain of salt. Hmm. But um, originally his name was Chris Treborn. And if you move the T over, it's Christ Reborn. Whoa. Oh. They changed it to Evan Treborn, so it's Event Reborn. 
Because apparently oh, some of the earlier, some apparently some of the earlier drafts was way more like Jesus Christ imagery, and it was very weirdish. Yeah. So they kind of toned that down. And they they changed the name and everything. Well, yeah, there was that. that religious. Like, what do you do if the uh, what are the paper holders in yeah. kindergarten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, to convince them the stigmata. Yeah, it puts the signs of the Lord. On his and you, so that was also my that was my biggest uh, plot hole issue. Mm-hmm. If uh, like in, normally in the timeline, he mm-hmm. just draws weird drawing, shows it to the parents, and they're like, okay, yeah, that's kind of weird. Let's journal. get him on his journals. If a kid goes up, hey, watch this. You're like, yeah, he should probably uh, see a psychiatrist. That's what like I a... told Anthony. I was <laughs> like, like, that's a major change for a timeline. That's just that's, not a little thing. That's I mean, what that's I a, said. That is a good point. Because like, like, I, I did kind of dismiss it kind of like with the burn. But I guess that's easier to hide. And it was just like something very minor. And it's like only yeah. he knew about. But that was an adult watching him do it. That's, exactly. That's he was in, that's why I said I don't get how this isn't like a, a major, major timeline shift. Yeah, because shift? I, I told Anthony, I was like, bro, okay. how the fuck is this not a major timeline shift if your day, you like you said, you're just handing in a bad drawing, but then the other like ver- like reality of that is that you put fucking holes through your hands, your day is going to be drastically. So, I guess different. the only thing I can I guess to kind of be devil's advocate, if in that timeline instead of for the drawing being the thing that causes this, it's that it's hands. that action that it's not severe enough. He blacked out, and that's why yeah. he has the holes Because then he can just make the whole thing where he can just convince them because it's out. the first instance of anything bad. It's still it's way it's, more. It's, it's, it's a stretch, <laughs> but I think. To some degree, because of what other events in the movie that allow, I, are allowed to happen, you could argue that. Yeah, I low key feel he probably they would have like looked into his mom and like CPS or something for like attitude like that. Yeah, you know? I think like, that that would be like. I well, think that's they the know that his stretch. dad is committed and everything right. like that, so, so I feel like, like it'd be more likely. I think like in a real life scenario, that specific action more so than anything else would would actually make the the last timeline actually happen, like right then and there. Yeah. The other confusing thing is like, okay, so like you have these blackouts because you're going back in time, mm-hmm. but you can only go back in time to where you blacked out. So you're like stuck in this thing. You it's basically, I mean? it's a form of world building kind of like yeah. not every event, like you kind of create your own blackout moments yeah. basically through trauma. So you can revisit those points of trauma type thing. I don't know. It, it it's it it's the suspension of disbelief exactly. on it. And I think you have to thing, live by the movie's rules. Exactly, and I think uh, to some degree too, you can kind of incorporate the idea of like Flash and then Doctor Manhattan. The idea that they both created themselves because like Doctor Manhattan, that whole thing is like I had enough time before he went back in the chamber before he the action happened that made him happen or become what he is. It's because him as Dr. Manhattan made the door close. So it's this weird like paradox or like whatever you want to call it that. And that's why like to some degree you can argue that having that confinement of having those limited blackout moments can happen because everything's preordained. Everything's already, he, all the events have already happened. We're just kind of seeing it unfold as the movie goes on. Yeah. So he doesn't have actually full manipulation over everything. But it gives You're the illusion God. that you do. Exactly. So you don't have... The, it, it gives the impression you have complete manipulation over the timeline, but he doesn't seem like he really does because there's points where you can be like, well, you could just go to this point and just completely stop everything. But if it's trauma-based, how do you go back to your birth? Well, it's tra- well it's that's why it's truly not. Oh, why, yeah. Like, you can argue it's not this. because we don't have enough evidence from the dad or the grandfather to know why exactly they started or how they exactly yeah, like figured what it the mechanic out. Because it could have been for them, they just stumbled upon it. Like they could have just been like reminiscing and then the dad went back and he was like, that It could have actually stopped it if the grandpa, so like let's say the grandpa goes back the first time. 
he like reads his journal or something. He goes back. Let's say he doesn't change anything. None of this would have ever happened because he wouldn't have had the kid. He wouldn't have had Evan mm-hmm. later. So almost to some degree, it kind of ties in with like the religious aspect. It could have been the idea that it's predetermined. So it's yeah. like the illusion of control, illusion of free will. Like even though it seems like they, he has control, he can manipulate stuff. He can't play God. He can't. Yeah. He can't do all this, even though it seems like he can. Can't Damn, this God, is crazy. So. There's some parallelism <laughs> to um, like some like deep physics and shit too. Like that, I think that's a Einstein quote, like God's dice and everything. And then with the relativity of the timelines getting crossed. Like, I think it's a mix between, like, religion and science for, like, influential themes with the writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were taking a lot with, obviously, like, science fiction, yeah, chaos yeah. theory. Hence why the script kept on getting rewritten, because I feel like something with that, it could be very easy it's, to make it, it way to, too hard dude. to be digestible in a two-hour movie. Yeah. I loved it, though. I love the ambition behind that, dude. Oh, dude. I know, yeah. Like, I wish more filmmakers would create content like this nowadays, oh, yeah, where yeah. it's, like, this Take the thoughtful. Risk. And, yeah. yeah, dude, like... I don't care that there's plot holes. I don't care. Like, like if I was you do like, it well, Anthony, like, people, I'm, you'll ignore it. Exactly. Like, I'm watching this to be entertained. I will mm-hmm. give you forgiveness for certain things. Understand that and stop making Jumanji over and yeah. over again. Please. Or just uh, like, or River don't, Cruise. Don't make, <laughs> River Cruise. Or yeah. don't make Looper. Like, th- yeah. there's yeah, ways yeah, to yeah. do it to where, or even like, freaking, like, I was and saying, if Looper Rick and sucks. Morty. Don't make Star Wars 8. Jeez, Ryan Johnson, Jesus. <laughs> But like, there's way, uh, there's definitely ways to do it, and it's like I feel like if you have the dedication and you show the passion behind like the the work, like the art that you're trying to make, it's basically what Ashton Kutcher it. brought to it. Yeah. Like he needed a serious movie under his belt. Then mm-hmm. after doing so many comedy roles and everything, that he'd really just kind of like produced it and everything, got mm-hmm. it working, and yeah, paid off for the users of, at least. Critics hated it, but it's yeah. we're talking about it, so right. yeah, you know fucking over 10 years later the saturday effect i was willing to watch i was willing to watch the same movie twice within a 24-hour period there's not many movies i'm willing to do that for no and it's one of those movies that you kind of almost need to you know what i mean to uh, to fully grasp the movie and to catch all of the things that like we were kind of discussing today you almost have to watch it a few times to Mm -hmm. get some of that shit but i mean it's I think we're going to be talking about Shutter Island here and then doing like a little compare and contrast. Um, yeah. Not this episode, but no, coming no. up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's another one of those set. movies where the more you watch it, the more you get the Like movie, the little minor you details know. and it kind of hints at certain things. It's you just It kinda, just makes it so much more enjoyable because then you can actually get more out of the movie. Because like when, you can only wa- when you can watch it once and understand everything about it, maybe sometimes that's what you're into. But I feel like having a movie where you can rewatch it and keep learning and keep finding new things, it's like the constant enjoyment like yeah it, it's it's i feel like it's few and far between it's nice when a movie can do that feel that way about the room right <laughs> exactly <laughs> makes you wondering did the movie change or did i <laughs> like, was it really about the room <laughs> oh goodness anybody room, else have anything they want to add before we finish up oh, it's a story about a friend <laughs> <laughs> Tommy was out <laughs> um i had just some like uh, thumper fucking on the bed that's kind of gross <laughs> fucking on uh, his buddy's bed yeah. get out Did yeah. you notice the comment they said when the first time he walks in the room he said it smells like ass and patchouli in here uh, yeah <laughs> like... uh, man I think that that kind of runs through all of my all... oh dude okay I forgot I actually had a note on the granola bar too but mine oh, was just you... the granola bar is tragic yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it didn't need to happen 
Nope. The granola bar had no had fucking relevance. Just Except like, just sad, just yeah. sad. Yeah, just like, oh, he like, can't. Like we get it. Like he doesn't R. have arms. Granola granola doesn't have hands. It's yeah. like in Edward Scissorhands that scene where he's trying to eat the fucking pea for yeah. like five minutes. Right. You just like watch him struggle. It's like, yeah. Uh, unnecessary. I already know he's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Wants real hands. Yeah. That was the Saturday effect. Saturday effect. So yeah. please go and rewatch it. Yeah. Every time you rewatch this episode, it'll uh, let you change. Yep. part of the episode so you get an interactive story. thing we're trying so you you watch this again <laughs> you hit that replay Nick is button not having a seizure. And then, yeah <laughs> i promise he didn't read the passage he didn't read the right passage for anything to happen so we're fine the whole camera should like we should just add, do like, like a, a shake out effect on this yeah yeah they'll never and oversaturate the crap out of it yeah and then it comes and pans back in. And it's just Ash and Kutcher sitting in like Brandon's chair, and nobody else is in the room. Imagine, That'd yeah. Cool. This is the the eighth timeline. <laughs> He's the Saturday boy. He's like, how'd I get here? Ash and Kutcher as the Saturday boy. Damn. All right. I think that's it. Well, yeah. thanks everyone for listening, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the Butterfly Boys. Uh, butterfly, butterfly Boys. Butterfly. <laughs> The butterfly, what is it? Saturday, Saturday butterfly? I don't know. Oh Saturday effect? There we go. I don't know. Whatever. Trademark. TM. The butterfly Boys. Thank you for tuning into the Butterfly Boys. This has been a wonderful Saturday episode effect. of the Saturday Effect. There we go. Cheers, Cheers. everybody. That's right. <laughs> Lenny likes Pop Tarts. <laughs>